Curtain Jerks is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android... Whoa! <coughs> Lightning! <coughs> Smoke! <coughs> yeah! Mm-hmm. Love to read! Yeah! Uh-huh. Macho Good man, times! Macho Man Randy Savage, what are you doing here? Yeah, love to read. Talking about reading. Yeah, got a book right here. Uh-huh. Hey, wait a minute. You know, with audible.com backslash audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. There's a lot of slashes in there. I don't know if any of those are accurate. Really? Let me try that again. Uh, you know, at audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network, you can read things with your ears on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. What do you mean? I don't have to pick up a book no more. Yeah, you had the most muscular pinky I'd ever seen when you that, picked up that book. That's right. The the uh, See, the problem is that I have with books is they're my enemy. Yeah, because I always get paper cuts. That's why I always got tape on my fingers. Uh-huh. Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. You don't have to cut your fingers anymore on books. You can listen to these books. No more paper cuts? No more paper cuts. The beauty of Audible is I got no more paper cuts, so I can read even more with my ears. That sounds like a hell of a slogan. The beauty of Audible is no more paper cuts. No more paper cuts for the Macho Man, uh-huh. Huh, no. So you're telling me that I gotta pay for no more paper cuts? See, that's the beauty part, Macho Man Randy Savage. With this, you get a free audiobook once you use the uh, Curtain Jerks promo code. Free audiobook? Aha, uh-huh, yeah, I dig it. Mm-hmm. That's free, and then you're also gonna be free of paper cuts. Free of paper cuts, free of free downloads, free everything. Aha, uh-huh, the show is free. I like it. Aha. Uh-huh. You know what, Macho Man Randy Savage? You're welcome. Let's go to the circus. Let's do it. to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I am Steve Sears. And this is a very special Get Jerked episode of the 1989 WWE Royal Rumble. The place, Houston, Texas. The inner place, the summit. The time, 1989. The more specific time, probably around 4.30 p.m. Yeah, probably 4.30. The Federation, World Wrestling. What the world is watching. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Mountains, mountains. Mountains (laughs) flying, low helicopter, low helicopter. Mean Gene voice. Very exciting to start. This is 80s. This is what I started with. I love 80s wrestling. It's fantastic. Steve is not... Uh, well versed in the 80s wrestling no not i'm now totally stoked on it it's awesome it's like watching superheroes <laughs> it was like watching a saturday morning cartoon but alive because you jumped in when you're your monday night wars guy uh the end of the monday night wars i started watching in high school well people don't know when that is people the don't know the end of the monday are. night wars well yeah but what year uh Give some years the and first cues. episode i can remember it was of SmackDown with the Radical showing up with Benoit, Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. Whoa, 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 whoa! We don't say Malenko on this show, buddy. I don't care it's how many. I don't care how many holds he has. This is a this is a family show. We don't talk about that guy and all of his holds. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Hold for Malenko. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so you you were watching. That's two thousand. That's two thousand. Was it right before the Undertaker came back? Yeah. Okay. Oh, with the Iron Man match. Yeah. Yeah. I was Kid excited Rock. to see that pay per view, but I didn't have that. I didn't have that much cable. So you have very low exposure to the '80s, uh, as was covered on last week's episode. You had not seen a Jake the Snake Roberts match, and I did not see a Jake the Snake Roberts match in this pay per view either. Yes, you did. He showed up and got promptly eliminated. He was in a match, the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, we'll get to that. But he was in a match. That's true. He was in a match. He was in a match. Uh, I was looking forward to hearing his music, but they didn't play music for people coming out. They for only this played Royal Rumble. music for the first two entrants. But well, again, we'll get and to the that. winner. Yes, and who and was winner. spoiler alert? We'll the tell winner. you later, and we'll of course have guests stopping by and everything. Uh, so uh, we had Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura as our commentators, and our ring announcer was the Fink Howard Finkel with this hair. Is, yeah, what was left? Yeah, this is exciting. This is a great eighty stuff, and our our first match of the night was Dino Bravo with the fabulous Rougeau brothers. With Jimmy Hart and Frenchie Martin versus the Hart Foundation with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This was awesome. This was a six versus six, two out of three falls match. Three on three uh, match. That's what I mean. A three on three tag match. Yeah. Two out of three falls. It was great. It was packed with colors and stereotypes. And bits. Uh, yeah, tons of bits. And this crowd was eating it up. Oh, man, they were going crazy. They were going crazy. You were you were lighting up. Well, yeah, we were talking about the logistics of it. So you were saying what? Seventy five percent of the arena were probably people who are still like, "This is real. This is real wrestling." And the mm -hmm. other, and then, but it was also like, "That's a little bit strange, real, but it's real." Yeah, other people going, "I well, come on." Hold and you on. you'd only get to see wrestling once a week at that point for what? Maybe forty minutes, even less. You, there wasn't two hour programming back then. No, I mean maybe some weird. NWA stuff, or depending on where you lived, really, I suppose is what you got. Just a loud 1989, like, wrestling is the coolest thing on the planet roar going. We got to go to something! Yeah, exactly. It was very... We don't have apps! And the fact that you only get to see 40 minutes of somebody on TV and then getting to see them live fighting someone and actually seeing how big they are, it's like, that was really intense. It was cool. You could... I had that optimism. I could feel the optimism that they... They didn't even – it wasn't even optimism. They just were totally into it. Oh, let me go back. Let me jump back a little bit. Uh, I didn't I didn't uh, jot this down. In between the the first match and this, we had a, a la Academy Awards who we're going to see this evening. Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon does a colorful, just incredible breakdown of every entrant into the Royal Rumble. And I think it's live because – Sometimes when they show the picture, he would stop. He would stop or rush to the next one as it switched over. Mm -hmm. So this was amazing because this would be great back in the day. But if you were a fan, you knew who everybody was. For Steve, it was it was the roster. It was the roster. It was the introductions. The how do it you do? It was do's. the cast. Yeah, he was getting familiar with. He joked on the show. He doesn't know who Coco Beware is. Starring Coco Beware. Yeah. Coco who? Coco. <laughs> Coco Cabana. Coco Cabana. His podcast is great. Um, what was really funny about it was, like, it just I was, as a sort of grammar nerd, at one point Vince McMahon, he's saying all the names, and then at one point he stops and he's like, and Red Rooster. 
and then he just keeps going. Like he wasn't the last one. The last one. Yeah, is, he kept thinking it was the last one with the yeah. ands because you go comma and then that's the last one. That's how you'd write it in a sentence. But he kept saying and like every sixth guy, and I was like, man, he's just really like he's, no, he's turning the page. Them, he's turning the page. That's why he's saying and. Uh, what I really liked about this opening match was. At, at one point, I think Jesse says, and it's international rules. They don't even explain that. They just say it's international <laughs> rules. And immediately I remembered, like, so what we know about wrestling is it's such, the information is so saturated with it. Like, the re- that's the reason why our crowds complain. That's why people are talking shit about wrestlers, opposed to just the way that wrestling, like, I feel like if you were in that arena in 1989, you'd just pick somebody based on who you didn't like the way they looked. Yeah. You wouldn't be talking about their work rate. Or what they tweeted, or what you think of their personality. Did you like them? Did you not like them? Are they fun to watch? Okay, for example, in this match, as a kid, I didn't like Dino Bravo. I found him boring. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much all I could articulate at the time. It wasn't his work rate. It wasn't his promos. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was just like, I don't like him. Yeah, that's and I think that's really what it should be. It should just be, I think... If anything, I'd appreciate it if people didn't have a justification why they didn't like people. It's like, I don't like him because he's a poor worker and he wears this and blah, 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 and he's bad on this. It's like, no, just say you don't like him. That's all. You don't, don't, have, to, you don't have to convince me. I fucking believe you that you don't like him. It's the, I, what don't I'm, have a conversation about it. Don't break it down. Just be, I don't but, like him. But I think the breakdown is what sort of brings in the sort of strange, like, weird quasi-intellectualism that comes to, with professional wrestling. It makes us all, like, it makes us all experts on it just because we've watched. Yeah, that's, and I think that's, that's the tough part is say, saying that they're correct because they've never done it. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. But I tell you, well, but his on. work rate in this match was not up to par. He no. clipped Bret Hart in the head with a, a missed clothesline that hurt Bret Hart very badly. Yeah, and I think it, in defense of Bret Hart, because we're one of the finest fans. technicians of all Absolutely. wrestling. Absolutely, He's one of the best. Um, what I like about this sort of this time period is you can say international rules and never explain it, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is say that, and that to me is just putting a flashy word on the poster at the carnival being like man fights bear and then like you don't even have the small print saying bear subject to change you know what i mean yeah it means uh international rules means uh the flags are involved and you can rake the back legally yeah all you have to do is say international and then you have a buzzword it's like adding mega to powers and getting mega powers oh it's just it's an intensifier it is an intensifier it's a marketing and they existed at this time Mm -hmm. very exciting it's like I the got, Duchess of Queensbury rules. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Whatever William Regal wants it to it's be. It's her rules. Yeah. It's the Duchess's rules. Th- that was a, a a great match. A very funny part when you mentioned in the match, there was a moment where there was a missed clothesline. And I think it was Duggan that yeah. went for a clothesline. And he said, like, oh, there should be more of that because he looked like he was trying to fucking take his head off. Well, I think we've we've seen it so much now, which is you do like someone ducks underneath a clothesline and you just slowly bring your hand forward. Yeah, it's just and going through it. the motions to get to the next thing rather than that. Each moment means as much as it should because that's the moment of reality. Yeah, Duggan just fucking to. whipped it and he brought his hand in really tight and it looked like he could have really could have taken a, just a cat's head off. He really looked like he could have just punched a cat's head off. Well, Dino Bravo heard you because yeah, he did the same thing except his arm was a little too low or Brett didn't duck enough 
whatever happened. And he zinged him. He fucking zinged him and zinged him good. And Brett went down. And Dino, to his credit, went for the pinfall. Yeah, he did. He, that's that. You know what that is? That's improvising. Mm-hmm. That's improvising. He's a good improviser, that Dino Bravo. Really good improviser. Deceased. Well, I guess he didn't get the improv term. Improv term. No, whose line is it anyway for Dino Bravo? No, sir. The eighth rendition of it coming into air. So it was a great match. The first fall, Raymond Rougeau got it after this very interesting move of on the top rope. Jacques did a jumping seated, like I don't know how you even call that thing. Oh, imagine was- imagine the uh, Legion of Doom. The, you got the tower where you're, you're mm-hmm. holding the guy up and you do the clothesline. So you got the tower going, but then instead a guy jumps his ass to your chest. Oh, it's like down. a Frankensteiner, but without a backflip. <laughs> yeah, a Franken a Frankenfarter. Yeah, it was a Frankenfarter. Yeah, Frankenfarter. Or a Frankenfarter. He took yeah. that fart full force in the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devastating. Oh, you know took what it was? Red heart out. What was the Rikishi drop? That happened it, on old school raw. Yeah, on old school raw, the one that he did. He well, he just kicks his legs out when he's standing over you. You're going for the sunset flip, and then he just kicks his legs out and falls right on you. Yeah, essentially it was like that in terms of. Uh, but a someone off the top glitch rope. in the video game that yeah. that move happens, but he just shoots forward and down on you. Yeah, he shoots forward and down on you. Shoots forward and down on you. So they got shoots the pin. Forward f- and down on they got the pinfall on Bret Hart, and the second fall, Hacksaw got the pinfall after. A very odd sequence of him slingshotting in uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart first without tagging. Yeah, and then Brett on. And then both Bre- of them not. Brett landed head first. Yeah, Brett landed fucking. And like, they cut Brett's to the wide. head took a beating in this they cut match. The, they cut to the wide shot on that. But when you see it, it's like. Ugh. Yeah, because when you slingshot into the ring, if you're holding onto the rope, a la a tag match, and you, know, you pull them in, then they just go in horizontally just straight across and onto the guy's body brett didn't do that brett uh went at an angle and his head went first yeah just like flying headbutt it was like it's weird watching this stuff when you see a lot of iconic people throughout the pay-per-view and so i got to see like a young brett hart sort of like he seemed like jim the anvil Nightheart seemed like a much bigger deal than brett did and then also later, he was the exciting one that when yeah. I watched, the, the, he was the one I liked. I thought Brett was boring. Yeah, and then HBK's in it later, and he's like, he's the boring one. He's the one that doesn't talk. He's like, he's he's excited. He's but the he's, Dean Malenko of that group. Yeah, but he's not intense. I mean, Janetti's really the money rocker in this pay per view. Oh yeah. But uh, and then uh, Duggan goes for the pin, and mm-hmm. he gets it, and that's the second fall because the ref he keeps telling the ref to count these these splashes as pinfalls. And the ref's like, "No, man, you're the guy. You're the legal guy. I'm not counting this." And then Duggan eventually just then goes for the pinfall. That's complications. Those are stakes. So first fall to the Rougeos. Second fall to the the good guys, Hacksaw and and the Hearts. Third fall. Well, decisive third fall, Scott. This now this third fall really. I want to point out that the first fall was an intense match, and like it could have been that if that was the end of the of the match right there, you would have been very very. Uh, very satisfied. It was yes. super intense. It was back yes. and forth. Happy and either, ending. Yeah, Rougeau's would have won, but it would have been an amazing ending. It would have been thrilling. Second one, j- just as thrilling. Incredible. Like using your friends as weapons and dropping. Now the third ending. Now while decisive, uh, uh a little uncreative. Well, I'll, I'll go with you on that. And I'm. I guess I can. I, I'll. In my defense, I'm saying this. With the lifetime of context, I'm sure at the time it was incredibly surprising and exciting. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was just like, huh? 
It was odd. It, it was a. It was Bret Hart and Dino Bravo left in the ring, and Hacksaw was on the outside, and Bret got knocked down, and then Dino was on the ropes, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan hits Dino Bravo with his two by four in the back of the head, which would be a kill shot ordinarily, because <laughs> any sort of pressure on the back, right at the base of the skull like that, it could be a concussion shot. I don't know. Kill shot. I mean, maybe <laughs> if you had nails in there. Headshot. Headshot. Kill shot. Headshot. It's a kill shot. Well, it was a it was a pin shot because they got the second fall, which two out of three falls rules. You got two, you win. And it was badass. And they won. The crowd erupted. Very fun. So then we cut to the back of wrestlers picking numbers. Their numbers, their rumble entrant numbers. And the first one we had was Million Dollar Man, who picked his number and was immediately upset. And then started negotiating with the Doctor Style, Slick. That's a cool guy. I like that guy. I love Slick. You know what his song is called, right? No. His entrance theme? How? Take a guess. After seeing the character, do they Slick, have a music video of it? Mm-hmm. They sure do. They sure fucking do. I think I watched that music video, but I can't remember what the title was. Take a guess. It's the '80s, and you saw the character he played. Take a take a look. It's not the one where he's opening a fried chicken restaurant, is it? It was pretty badass. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Take a guess. I can't remember what it was called. I know. Hence, it's a guess. Uh, fried Chicken Venture Capitalism. So close. Jive Soul Bro. Oh, Jive Soul Bro. I'm a Jive Soul Bro. That one? Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> no, the other Jive Soul Bro I'm song. a Jive Soul Brother, and you can be one too. Yeah, that's Josh Groban's <laughs> Jive Soul Bro. I believe that's Josh Callahan's song of the 16-bit oh, right. podcast. Yes, which is available now on iTunes and 16bitspodcast.com. A rate and review. co-host on there, and we talk about video games, and I occasionally talk about wrestling, and Josh is confused. So he's uh, negotiating with Slick, trying to get a better number because he's got all the money. He can do what he wants. Then we have the Bushwhackers picking numbers. We got the Honky Tonk Man, Bad News Brown, who picks his number and then lets us know it's bad news for everyone else. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then we got Demolition. And as you said, the Rockers, who really didn't know seemingly what to say. No, yeah, I think I called that pretty well, which was like, all right, guys, get out there, take your number, say yes, and then get the fuck out of there. I don't want you guys to talk anything. You're jobbers, nobody likes you. You're not supposed to be exciting. Yeah. Well, exciting to, in the ring, but then no one wants to get your autograph. They want everybody else who's not coming out of the locker room Yeah, yet. not you guys. That was, that's what it felt like. It felt like they were told to not do anything fun. And then we had a hell of an event. I mean, this is January 15th, 1989 we're talking about here in Houston, Texas in the Summit. And you think you're just going to get a Royal Rumble on this night? No. No. You're you're no. dead fucking wrong. You are dead fucking wrong. If you're dead right now, that's how fucking wrong you are. Yeah. Because we had the super pose down. This was incredible. This was absolutely incredible. This is this is hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund in the ring. We have Rick Rude come to the ring with Bobby Ravishing Rick, Ravishing Rude. Rick Rude. How dare myself. So dead fucking wrong I am. I'm dead fucking wrong on his name. Ravishing I, Rick Rude. He's having a super pose off with... Super pose down. Super pose down. Super pose down. That's how it's, dead no, fucking it's a show, wrong It's are, a show buddy. off, showdown with the super pose down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you still doing here? He's here. He's our Ed McMahon now. Luke Harper? I have invited Luke Harper to officially be our Ed McMahon to uh, to our Johnny Carsons. Well, that's how we know if our jokes are playing or not, because they'll agree with us, right? Yeah, that's when that's when it hits. When we get a Luke Harper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Luke, this segment was like 17 minutes long, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a long one because it was like it started and they went through all of the major muscle groups except the legs. I thought you meant our show. Because it's at 17 minute mark. I'm like, don't give him shit. Give shit to Edge about technical. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll talk to Edge about technicals. Are we doing a play-by-play for the entire pay-per-view? Well, we're going through all the stuff because there's not that many things. Yeah, okay. This super pose down, I think the se- this was one of the longest segments, I feel like, in the entire pay-per-view besides the Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. Did not feel like it. It felt like it was worth every moment. The, yeah, this was truly incredible. So, as as I said, uh, Rick Ravaging Rick Rude comes down the ring with Bobby Heenan. Who it's they catch us up on what's going on that Ravishing Rick Rude is the winner of the Jesse the Body Award. So he's got an edge going into this thing. Better than the Jesse the Body Ventura Body Award. That would be redundant. That would be super weird. And then his opponent in the super pose down, and this is again what you're saying. From parts unknown. Well, I was gonna say the the adding of the word. Because mm-hmm. it's not just a pose down, it's a super pose down? Right, like the not just the powers, but the mega powers. Yeah, to your. Oh, point you there. add like yeah, it's that's old advertising. You add a buzzword. You it's, add international rules. Yeah, super pose down. Super pose down. You, I will go to anything that has a super pose down. You have an event wherever in the world, and you put on the poster super pose down. Yeah, you Scott got my and money. I, Scott and I will show up looking for muscle men's. If that's there too. That's a super pose down. Muscle men posing. Oh, is that all it? Oh, but by I the way, guys, this could is also a, be troll dolls. Yeah, but guys, this is a bodybuilding competition between uh, Ravishing Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, they did muscle posies. Posies. <laughs> they did muscle posies for 17 minutes. It was incredible. Everybody made me want to go to the gym. Dad, let me just watch my muscle posies. Cool. This is incredible. I, son, I'm just so glad I have you in my life, and I just want to watch these muscle posies <laughs> with you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Matt Stryker. Um, muscle pose downs to the super degree. We first have the, is it? Uh... Ordinarily, this is super lame and stupid, and I couldn't care for it less. This was the coolest thing I'd seen. This was <laughs> they, like. They really sell the whole thing. This was like a, This was like a level. This was like a, like a, like a mini game and a JRPG. It was like a, a Japanese. Yeah, and literature. a Jim Ross uh, um, playable game. <laughs> yeah, and a Jim Ross playable game. In like a Japanese role-playing game, this is like a power mini up, game. power up, by God, get that chocobo and get that win that race, kill the hoss with your level two hammer. Boom! Uh, this was awesome. I liked it. It was uh, Ravishing Rick Rude dances when he poses. He swings those hips around, huh? Oh, I'm gonna, I have to take a dance class. <laughs> they, they, they show off. They have the categories of of, is it arms? Um, I don't. They just they pose. They like do upper arms, body. There's abs and some and just general like, muscle pose. Yeah, general muscle pose. And then I think they had the super muscle pose, which was just the final one, flexing they, as much as you can. The flexing as much as you can, and and the crowd each time very biased crowd. They they vote for Ultimate Warrior each and every single time. And, but Ravishing Rick Rude, but quite a good physique. He put on a hell of a show. Quite a and, specimen. And uh, Bobby kept asking for more time, and he had this iron bar that he kept bending in preparation to get his muscles. And I knew peaked. there was something about that. bar bar scott it was like he keeps using it and i'm like there's stuff why would he bring that out of the ring why would he be working out in the ring oh i assume you also thought there's something wrong with his robe and his mustache no 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 it's just that he brought those to it the was ring. just it was, you know what it was it was almost like that object he brought with him was foreign does that make sense does that make sense i feel like that makes sense international international unidentifiable object yeah it was like he just brought this extra thing he didn't need to the ring like he was going to use it for untoward purposes 
Untoward purposes indeed, because the tour went right to the back of Ultimate Warrior's head. Because the oil to the eyes didn't affect Ultimate Warrior. It did. No, uh, Bobby got him in the face with the eyes. And he just, bo- goes, and, ah, and he just opened his mouth and closed his eyes. But you can tell because it was a giant arena. By the way, another kill shot. <laughs> another headshot. A kill shot right to the eyes, but where does it? No, no, the the pull right to the back. It wasn't to the back of the head. All every shot was at the base of the neck. It was yeah, right at the top of the neck, base of the skull. Really going for a cripple shot. Yeah, really just kill shot. But the the oil to the eyes was the funniest part of the entire segment because Warrior just goes ah. <laughs> I bet, but that was also the sound the bottle made when Bobby <laughs> squeezed it. Bah, bah. And, <laughs> uh, uh, just a huge beatdown by Rick Rude to. Almost capped this whole segment off because you think that'd be it that he beats him down and then gets out of there f- from losing each each category of the competition unfairly and then bolts out of the ring and then a bunch of referees and then officials and Nick and Bockwinkle is there to help Warrior up the Houston the uh, Texas State Boxing Commission he just had good seats he wanted <laughs> to see if he could help he uh-huh. was there too Don King George the, Foreman yeah a grill yep <laughs> I'll be big someday. <laughs> And he was having meetings with Hogan. Hogan declined, much to his chagrin. <laughs> Yo, so stupid. I was like, well, just leave a message on my machine. But I wasn't home that day. And it wasn't invented yet. And Ultimate Warrior then proceeds to beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And you know what it looked like? Unexpectedly so. Yeah, it, it, it really seemed like an, a guy lashing out at a bunch of people helping him, which it was. But it really seemed like all the refs and everybody who was getting the shit beat out of him, because you saw there were only two refs. And this is a time where there's not a lot of reps. They don't use a bunch all throughout the night. Yeah. So when they was got Hebner, thrown out of the ring. Hebner was there, too. Hebner and jo- Joey Morella. I'm, I'm here now, guys. Oh, hey. Hey, Earl. Hey, I just want to let you guys know I remember that night. Do you? January 15th, 1989, Houston, Texas. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, tell us about it. I I can't talk about it. I just want to let you guys know that I remember it. Well, Earl. It was right after the super (laughs) pose-off. Super pose-off? Pose down. Yeah, super pose down. I was listening, and I heard what Steve said, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday, but the super pose down. It was a dangerous night. Earl, I'd prefer you don't smoke in here. I'd put it out, but I don't think my emotions would let me. Earl, uh, that whiskey's not for you. That's that's for a guest that we have scheduled for the show. Well, I've seen Rick Rude did quite a couple poses. And then at the end, he hit him. He hit Ultimate Warrior right in the back of the head. Earl, could right you not Right in the back dip- of the head with a male block. more back. <laughs> could you not dim the lights? And also, could you speak clearly when you talk into the microphone? I have to ask my lawyer right now. We're probably in with my other officials. And the whole time we Earl, I prefer that you not have Velvet Sky on your shoulder um, just right now. She's very distracting as you're trying to tell the story that I, I'm trying to listen to. And then the unblinkable happened. Un- Ultimate Warrior woke up. Unblinkable? Unblinkable The unblinkable happened. happened. You know what I mean? I was you know what happened? An ultimate warrior got up, and he went off squip. He went way off squip. He went so far off squip, he pushed me. Th- that's he pushed how, another official, too. That's how Brandon Lee died, right? They went off squib? No, Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, someone hadn't checked the gate on one of the firearms. It was a small piece that entered his. That's neither here nor there. 
but you can still see the footage of it on the DVD of the Quo and the unrated Blu-ray cut. Also, Ultimate Warrior grabbed me by the collar. Earl, if you could he put me real bad. If you could put that. He hit me real bad. You could put that in the Ultimate newspaper. Ultimate Warrior hit me real bad. In the Ultimate Warrior hit me real bad. I, I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm sure. Earl, I have to burst your bubble right now. Earl, that was your brother. I need that to breathe. Earl, that was your brother Dave out there. Dave Hebner? You were backstage. I was? You were. No. That was your twin brother Dave. We're still connected, you know. I know. And I know you guys no, feel the still, same pain. No, we have a, an umbilical cord. Oh, no. <laughs> when he comes backstage, we reconnect it. I had never noticed it. You're showing it to me now. I hadn't noticed it. It has referee stripes on it. Yeah, that's why nobody can see it. That's why no one can see it. Oh, my God. I you know, never it's a very, realized. It's a very easy misconception a person could make. Two referees who look exactly the fucking same. <laughs> it is. I... There's that just that whole big story that happens on Saturday night's main event a couple months later, and which leads up to you know everything happening. Or wait, did it already happen? Earl, can I have one of those cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. It was strange. I I couldn't remember exactly my timeline on World Wrestling Federation of what happened with Saturday night's main event. I, could you? I'm sorry, Scott. Could you stop taking off your pants? It's really distracting when you're telling your story. I mean, it all led to WrestleMania 4 and the championship being uh, lost. And Scott, I'm, I'm sorry. You seem to be trying to drink your slippy with your fingers. And uh, it just seems to be Perhaps it was counterproductive for Earl telling Hebner a story. in the ring at the time. And I'm just confusing it, assuming that it was Dave Hebner. How presumptuous of me and how elitist of me. It's rather I, unfair I'm when sorry. I have a guest come into the show and I think that I know better than them when they live the moments. Scott, I'm sorry. I just, uh, I was wondering if I could get my parking validated. You seem to be in the middle of a story, but I just realized I parked in the in the parking. Of course, Earl. I I apologize. You were there. It was it was you there. But I'm glad that we'll talk about it in a future episode. I'm glad I know now that you have an umbilical cord with your twin brother that referee striped. I just hope that you guys are never too far apart. The more you know. (laughs) Thanks, Earl. Here's your parking. Thanks. (coughs) Thanks. <coughs> Why is it so smoky in here? I go to the bathroom and it's just like, it's like Casa fucking Blanca in here. <laughs> I started smoking. I'm cool now, right? You have, your t- upper lip is burned. Yeah, I don't know which side the cigarette part goes in. Uh, <clears throat> I They tell you smoking burns. It really does. Yeah, it, it really does. does. Yeah, I don't want to put the other weird little spongy part on my mouth. That's gross. That's the filter that goes in your mouth. I don't. I don't like to filter my language. Oh. I don't like to filter myself. I like to just cut free. Mature situation. Posies. Colorful language. So yeah, warrior beats everybody up, and that is the end of that segment. And then, but I think we should we should really make that the truth now. Historically, Ultimate Warrior was not supposed to beat up anybody at 1989 Royal Rumble, and instead he beat up seven officials. Yeah, the refs like, all right, you can throw us out of the ring. We're standing back up because we have to keep working, asshole. And the crowd fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, and then Warrior just runs away. <laughs> that was right. He did just run away. It was he very strange. Away. I think maybe he like he had a moment of clarity, or maybe. <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude really suffocated him, and he's the blood loss, and he woke up, and he was in a blind rage. Yeah, that's a, that's the other thing about this pay-per-view. He was in and a berserker time, rage, like Wolverine. Yeah. In this time frame, you realize 
There's choking. They choke all the time. Mm-hmm. If there was no choking in this era, good God, I don't know what these guys would do. A lot of hugs and high fives. Mm-hmm. So uh, we then have the women's championship match. We have Judy Martin already in the ring. Sensational Sherry already in the ring and wondering, oh, are these two going to fight? But no, the music hits. The all too familiar music that only Rock and Robin's family would know because it is not familiar to either one of us. You didn't recognize her at all from growing up? I, I thought maybe it was her, but Did I you didn't know recognize Judy her music. Did you know Judy Martin? No. But you recognize Sensational Sherry? Yes. I know Sensational Sherry, but Rock and Robin's like, is that who it's going to be? I was trying to think of Alundra Blaze. I thought maybe it was her. Or, it's not or, my time uh, period. I don't know. Or there's another a lady, too, and I, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Joan Jett. It could have been Joan Jett. That would have been great. Um, but it's Rock and Robin. She's the champion, and she's facing Judy Martin. But Sensational Sherry lets her know that um, you're going to face the winner. Who, she's facing the winner. Whoever that may be, you have to f- then fight Sensational Sherry. Sensational Sherry then goes up to the commentary table. And let's just say I don't think she was very thirsty on this night, if you get my drift. Oh, you're implying that she was drunk as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really funny because she was just talking mad shit about everybody. And it wasn't, like, mean-spirited. It was just more like, shut up, you're stupid. Come on, just win, somebody. Just somebody, win. Oh, you're going to win like that? That's great, because I'm going to take the title because I'm the women's champion. Not yet, but almost. Get ready for it. And this whole time, it was like watching two moms fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, Judy Martin, like... the de- Judy like, Martin looks like your best friend's mom growing up. And Rockin' Robin looks like your other best friend's mom <laughs> growing up. And, which is really, Or a Kristen Wiig character. Yeah, she looked exactly like a Kristen Wiig uh, character. Did you ever see Lipstick and Dynamite? No, I didn't. It's a great documentary. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of... That, I think, is really... It, that made a lot of sense because I'd seen Lipstick and Dynamite, which is... It's a documentary about female wrestlers mm-hmm. and showcases Mula and Mae Young, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty great across the board, but it also reminds you that half of these people had like back in the day, if you wouldn't make it super huge, you also had like, you know, another day job and also a family. <laughs> and this was like, oh, yeah, these women were trained as wrestlers. They're also in whatever field as well as having kids and raising a family. And that's sort of what it like. It looks like they don't look like divas. They don't look like supermodels. No, no. They lo- they look like working they don't class look like athletes. Yeah, they look like working class women who are busting their ass. I mean, like it, it literally looks like your best friend's mom, like doing a back <laughs> doing a backflip yeah. or taking a forearm smash in the face. A lot. Yeah, it was. This was a lengthy match. It was really funny. It wasn't your TV women's match, even your pay per view women's match, where you're going, oh, six minutes and then we're done. And that's including entrances. This was like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, they let them go. And the entire time, it's Sherry. <laughs> Whatever. None of them are good. So, like, it was. See a, your little boobies poking out of her shirt. It was a decent. Yeah, she's so skinny. What, what is that supposed to be? Like, she. It was, she can't even fit three dicks in her mouth. She was talking about how, like, like she can barely lift her up. Yeah, like, so even for what was a decent match. It was Sherry just burning them the entire time. She was burning everybody. Yeah. Get away from me. But she said she said that to Gorilla Monsoon at one yeah. point. She told him to get away from her. Get away from her. They're sitting next to each other. You got to look up Judy Martin on 
Google, everybody. It might be a difficult search. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not in the WWE archives, but you got to check this lady out because she is one tough mom. Yeah, she's she's like a tiger mom. Oh. It, incredible match in that it is what it is for the time period it is. It's not a classic match by any means. It's not something that you go, this is amazing. I'm not even saying you got to see it. It's just really incredible for the time of women's wrestling for what it was. Yeah. And we'll probably never get any recognition for any of it. It's just a time period that's forgotten. But God damn, these women work their asses off. Yeah, like it, it. I feel like you get your like they weren't gonna wrestle probably for the next what month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it wasn't gonna be on weekly TV. So some they went back to they whatever their did job live was. events. And yeah, stuff here and there. But a credit to them. That's what's it's worth watching for that because. Doesn't the hold entire up 1989 Royal Rumble is worth <laughs> watching for that. It, it doesn't hold up to your normal standards of what a wrestling match is, but to see what they do, it's incredible. It, it is incredible. So Rock and Robin wins with a cross senton splash that she tricks her with and gets a pinfall, and uh, Robin celebrates with her boobs poking out of her shirt. And then in the back, we go to the Twin Towers. Yes, indeed. That's Akeem, the African Dream, which Steve said. I wrote it down in case you didn't. In case you didn't remember, what did I say? That's Akeem. That's a white dude. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and uh, there with Big Boss Man and Slick being interviewed by Sean Mooney. They say stuff, but Steve saying that was was what it was all well, about. Well, also like Scott and I were talking about this in terms of how did Akeem come to be. And I think that Scott was like, why couldn't they get a black guy? And I'm under the impression that they like they thought it was brilliant to get a to get a white guy. For and you're it. and you you know what? You're fucking right. You're <laughs> completely fucking right. And like no one, no one. I guarantee no one said like, but he's a white guy. What's he going to do? And like Akeem, like Akeem probably was like, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what I can do. It's like, don't worry. And I'm sure Vince was like, we'll give you a, like a. An intricate sort of uh, African bombata sort of vibe on your uh, on your tights, and also uh, do this. Yeah, Steve's right. Vince showed him the arm gyrations when that it, he just does as a nervous tick, seemingly all the time. Whenever you see like his it, Tourette's, just remember this. Remember this. This is crucial. Whenever you see somebody doing a physical maneuver that's not wrestling related, be it the crop, the, the the crotch chop, or any sort of small dance move. Just assume that D'Lo Brown had Bob with all of those things. Just assume Vince McMahon was like, no, 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 no. Like this came up to them and pantomimed it for them. Did it? The guy tried to recreate it. And then he says, no, like this. Yeah. And so whenever you're not, whenever you're on camera and you're not talking, dance like this. (laughs) So we had that. And then we cut to Heenan and Revishing Rick Root again. They're bailing the arena. And then this, this was amazing. They cut to more interviews for hyping the Royal Rumble, and they cut to Mr. Fuji in front of. They now are doing the the logos in the background, the blue screen. They weren't doing that before. They cut to Mr. Fuji talking for Powers of Pain. I look at Steve's face. I look just like Mr. Fuji. My eyes got really big because he had paint on his face. And you, as Mr. Fuji's talking, you just go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, he looks like Oddjob from Goldfinger, but he's got well, face yeah, paint on. That was his former tag team partner. Oddjob? Uh-huh. He That guy was a wrestler. Wasn't that guy also a rapist and murderer? I don't know. 
It wasn't his gimmick at the time. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. I'm sure there's some of our listeners yelling at us. They know the answer. No, just a rapist, <laughs> not a murderer. Gah! So, it, watching, what was the name of that tag team? Watching Mr. Fuji talk. Watching Steve watch Mr. Fuji talk is like watching a cat watch a laser pointer. It is really strange. <laughs> it was it's incredible. Mr. Because Fuji, like. It's when I first see it, you don't like. I'm like, is this supposed to be racist? Is it not supposed to be racist? Is this racist? And then, like, I'm like, people are working, right? That's important that people are working. And then he's clutching his head as he asks. I'm just trying to work my way through it. And then I got to know, like, how much of a character is it? Did he decide to put pain on his face? Did some? Did Vince McMahon? That goes along with the powers of pain. Oh yeah, that's what that goes with. Did Vince McMahon stop him in the hallway and said, "No, no, no, put this on your face." I don't know. I don't know. Uh, th- we had the Miss Elizabeth talking about the mega powers. Jimmy Hart talking for Honky Tonk Man. And then, slow down a little bit tonight. We go into King Haku with Bobby Heenan versus the former king, Harley Race, in a two guys wearing purple outfits match. Yeah, this is how we could tell it was a little bit. I mean, that's one of the few differences that I feel like between now and then. Oh, I'm sorry. Besides the thousand differences between now and then. But no, you wouldn't have two guys go out in the same color because some publicity guy or marketing guy would be like, hey, 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 you can't have those guys wearing the same colors. How are people supposed to tell them apart? (laughs) Well, uh, gee, I don't know, Mr. Uh, Fockelstein. (laughs) Look, 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 look. What you gotta do is you gotta bleach that guy's hair and give him a perm, and then you gotta stay away from that Samoan guy because he scares the shit out of me. <laughs> well, all right. Here's the pineapple. Thank you. <laughs> I need like a piece of corn. <laughs> this match is. Uh, Let's speed through this one. It's, this it's, is not, it's not our style. It's not. It, it was like watching a Samoan guy beat up your grandpa. <laughs> yeah. A big, muscly grandpa. And I. You know, respect to both guys, but they've never been two of my favorites, and their styles don't mesh well. And and uh, Haku came out on a uh, a throne carried by a bunch of jobbers mm-hmm. with shirts off and ring gear on. Yeah, that was the best part. They didn't get the, they didn't get the Undertaker's robes. They didn't dress them up. They were like, "Nope, put your gear on, carry them out." So you yeah. didn't even get any anonymity. But they did because I didn't recognize any of them. <laughs> True. Those you die the, twice. The, the day you die and the day the last person that ever says your name. Those are all grandfathers of Judy Martin, Rockin' Robbins, and Sensational Sherry. That's They're all related. Oh, yeah. That's how it would have been, right? Back in the day? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not We didn't dig it. And then we get more Royal Rumble interviews. Actually, you know what? I did. The best part about that match was you telling me how Haku was the baddest motherfucker ever in the locker room. He was the guy that everybody... You respected because he would fuck you up real bad. True. And if you were on his good side, you were on his good side, but you didn't want to get on his bad side. And that's why he won with a patented reverse thrust kick. Patented. Patented. And he fucking clocked Harley Race in the head, too. Harley Race got a big old hard head. <laughs> uh, I'm had- telling you, you hit him too hard, he's not going to want to get up again. We, need, we got another show in Austin on Monday night. <laughs> well, all right. We'll, we'll pack it up once we're done. Don't worry. The trucks are outside. We got the Royal Rumble interviews. We have a bunch. We have Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, who looks like Brock Lesnar's fugly sister at this point. We got Powers of Pain, Mr. Fuji's there again, Big John Studd, who I never realized really looks like a swollen Jerry Lynn, Mr. Perfect, Macho Man, Million Dollar Man, Bobby Heenan, Brain Busters, 
Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant's great because he sounds like a giant. <laughs> he sounds like a mystical creature. A French robot winding mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It was that seemed like the interview that that took the uh, that captivated you the most. Well, we were talking about this. I'm a big fan of the promos and pay-per-views. Like I love like if you can't if you can't watch six if the video package, if you can't watch 6 weeks of build up, then I loved getting to see it compressed into a 4-minute package where it's just like, "Great, you've told me the story. Now I get to see the outcome. Thank you." It's the opening cinematic to a video game. Now you get to play. Now you get to see the adventure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So, uh, yeah, you're saying you could do without the interviews, is that it? No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was saying, Macho Man, was uh, yeah. I, I like the package, but uh, since they yeah, weren't doing like the video the package, package back then, mm-hmm. the interviews function in the same way. They tell the story. Oh, you, see. sir, so are the narrator. Which was the best interview? Uh-huh. Which was the most uh, interesting one who talked? To be completely honest. To be completely honest. George Washington style. Did you chop down this tree? I did not chop down this tree. I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down this tree. That was a lie in there somewhere. <laughs> was there? You started was with, there? I did not chop down this tree. I cannot tell a lie. I, I, I chopped down, down this tree. tree. Yeah. Liar, liar. Now time to set your pants on fire. Now, I honestly Give believe- me your pants. I, what? Work them over. It's time to light them up. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. I thought we were friends. Pants off. Well, come on. Oh, that's it. Scott took his pants off earlier when he was talking well, about he her. He didn't lie to me yet. If he lies to me, I'm lighting him on fire. Man, the show is young. They're going in the fire pit right now. Hey, Here we go. Why would we have this? Why? Why did Scott? Why For did such we... an occasion? I especially requested this. Scott, uh-huh. why is there a hearth in here? Because Macho Man Randy Savage requested it in case we ever have liars in here. And what about the fucking Oracle? Why is she here? Is she gonna tell us our future? Yes, she is. <laughs> That is what she provides to know what will be gets jerked next. Uh huh. Who will be the next guest on the show? Yeah. All right. All, well, all these things. Don't you want an oracle to tell you these types of things? I ordered these pants online, and if you're gonna burn them, I'm gonna have to order another pair. Well, there you go. You get more pants. Uh huh. You're treating yourself. I'm not. It's so not stop more. Lying. It's not more pants. You're eliminating. You've just burned Those my pants. Lit right up. <laughs> you eliminated the pants. I'm replacing pants at this Those point. Those lit right up. Uh-huh. Well, they're that's ra- what liars do. Uh-huh. They're Wrangler dress jeans. It's no cotton. It's oh, all. are they a sponsor of the show? Why are you talking about them so much? Wrangler dress jeans, maker of the roomy crotch. Boy, that's got to be nice to have Wrangler as a sponsor of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Your Best interview of the night for the Rumble. Uh, <laughs> Andre the Giant and yours, I thought, had the most intensity. Uh, but who was the bitter one? Who was the bitter one? Um. Ah. Uh, Oh, how about this? I think you had the better interview. I think Andre the Giant had the better uh, just promo. Uh, what is it supposed to mean? Uh, Andre the Giant wasn't asked any questions. He just started talking. And you were talking with me and Gene Okerlund. So in terms of an interview, I think you stole it. I'm talking about, so I'm not the best is what you're saying. No, you gave the best interview. Let me uh, also assume you think Hulk Hogan's the best, huh? No, 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 no. Yeah, you think he's better than me. No, 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 no. Spoiler Macho Man. Jumping ahead, he eliminated me along with Bad News Brown. Uh-huh. Macho Man, I just want to let you oh, know something. Oh, I don't think I don't think you're jealous at all. I think you're perfectly justified in the way you feel about Mega Powers. Mm-hmm. I think you are the Mega Powers, and I think mm-hmm. Hogan is bringing you bringing you down. He is bringing me down. And uh, to be completely honest, to be completely honest, I think I saw my ball in your manager. 
He was balling my manager. Eyeballing. Eyeballing. Hulk Hogan was balling my manager. I said eyeballing. I meant eyeballing. That is outrageous. I I said eyeballing. Stuffing his balls inside of Elizabeth. No, no, no. He was balling her. Eyeballing. Son of a bitch. No good yellow son of a bitch. Steve Sears, I am buying you those pair of Wrangler pants. No, I don't. For being so honest about Hulk Hogan putting his Balls inside of Miss Elizabeth. Scott. All uh, the years, all the times I trusted uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then I come to find out from Steve Sears, trusted friend and a co-host of the Curtain Jerks podcast. Hulk Hogan stuffed his balls inside of Miss Elizabeth, my wife. Uh-huh. I did not say that. Ah, uh-huh. you said it all right. I heard you say it. Play back the tape. Uh, my uh-huh. ball on your man. Heard it right there in the headphones. Thank you, Edge. Uh-huh. There we go. It is right there. So, I will get him. On behalf of you, Steve Sears, I will end Hulk Hogan. I will cut off his balls, and I will give him to you. Uh, we geez. will make jeans out of his balls. <laughs> I do not want those We jeans. will make leathery jeans out of Hulk Hogan's balls. Wrangle them up and put them on Steve Sears. Thank you. I am the best, and I will be the best for you. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, Macho. Hulk Hogan's balls to jeans to Steve Sears. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Macho Man. Uh, Scott? Yeah. I need a glass of water. I, uh, I'm a little panicked. Did you hear any of that? I heard all of that. Congratulations on getting a new pair of, of jeans. From I know. Hogan. They sound like they're going to be leather. I'm really excited. Well, they're Hulk Hogan's balls. I mean, well, let's be honest. They're going to be really leathery. Well, wait. Was that Macho Man from then or Macho Man from now? God, can't you even tell? <laughs> My bad. He was right in front of you. <laughs> And then we have the Royal Rumble match itself. 30 participants. This is the second Royal Rumble, of course. We I have the anthology here with the first five Rumbles, volume one uh, of the anthology. And I looked at the first one, and I remember pieces of it. I've never seen it, but the first one has only 20 entrants. And I knew this one had uh, – they showed a, a, a picture of Jake the Snake on there, and Steve wanted to see Jake the Snake, and I'm like, oh, we got to go with this one. So we chose this one, the second Rumble in history, 30 participants – the champion, Macho Man was the champion at the time, and he participates. It's just like there a... There was no championship match right? They in this entire pay-per-view. For, there was no belts. There was no... And there's no WrestleMania matchup for that. If you won, that wasn't something that this came until a couple years later. This was a completely self-contained pay-per-view. Yeah, it's and it's this own sort of achievement of winning the Rumble. You, you have that stat. You have that credit to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing really at stake. So you have big names in here. Um, I'll go through just some of them because there's 30 fucking names and not everybody probably knows who all these guys are. Uh, we started off number one Axe from demolition. Oh, who's music. he going to, who's he going to face off against? And Finkel says number two at random. And then it's smash from demolition. He let us know again, like, Hey everybody, this could have been anybody. Yeah. Just so you know. And they start laying into each other. They start beating each other down. And right away, number three, you got Andre the Giant. And then they turn on Andre and they're fighting. And then you got Mr. Perfect coming in there. You got Ronnie Garvin. I'm surprised I stayed awake. Greg the Hammer Valentine. And then, boom, Jake the Snake Roberts comes in. Very cool. Very excited. I didn't even see his entrance because I was, I, I just, like, I didn't even see it. It was so fast. There was no music. Starts wailing away on uh, Andre the Giant. Starts going after him. And Andre just chokes him for, like, a good two minutes. Just choking him on the top rope with these iconic Andre faces, just sneering and he's a giant. <laughs> yeah. He is a monster. He's got those baby teeth. Just choking him out, and then uh, 
those giant pig eyes shortly there afterwards then eliminates Jake the Snake Roberts and it was pretty quick like he choked the life out of him and then got rid of him yeah and we had other participants coming in uh, oh Shawn Michaels showed up at one point also we should point out that everybody in, who wrestles at this point in time in 1989 all look like a guy who worked at the hardware store <laughs> Like every and not like a Home Depot, they all look like a guy who works at a mom and pop hardware store, either their son or the very gruff dad. I'm looking through, with the exception of Andre the Giant, I think I completely agree with you. Like every single person looks like in another world, they would either be barbarians or contractors. You know what? I I totally agree with you, and except Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Unless he's the kid, junior. He's a junior in high school, yeah, and got the summer job there at the yeah at the at the lumber mill. <laughs> yeah, just hitting on all the girls. Yeah, it's it's funny. Hit the bottom. Get back to work. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's Michael's bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you got these guys, and then out of nowhere, oh, when Coco Beware enters the ring, they thought this was the time to do it. Jake the Snake Roberts comes back in with Damien, the snake throat. Yes. <laughs> Very good, Steve. <laughs> Not the little boy. Oh, but man, that would have <laughs> that would been weird. That would have been hard to eliminate those guys after their heads are popped. Yeah. So he throws Damien the snake into the ring, and then Andre clears house over the top rope onto the outside because he's petrified of snakes. So that's what, that was the cool moment because I remember that, and I thought you wanted to see that. It was badass. Jake the Snake and um uh, and then you got your Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. They're coming in there. And then we, as Macho talked about, there's that moment of Bad News Brown was uh, trying to eliminate Macho Man. And Hulk Hogan just goes by and scoops them both out. Macho Man gets pissed. He was pissed. Pissed. Immediately gets in, into Hogan's face and just pointing the finger in his face and pie-facing him. And Elizabeth comes out to try and save the day. And they make up as friends and get along. And then Hogan's back in it. And then he gets eliminated by the big boss man in Akeem. So immediately, interest level just drops. Drops fucking huge. No Macho Man, no Hogan, no Jake the Snake, no Andre the Giant, no Shawn Michaels. Because you're your participants after that happens. You have big boss man, Akeem, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Red Rooster, uh, Barbarian, Big John Stud, Hercules, Rick Martell, Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi. The majority of those guys are bad guys. Million Dollar Man was the only one I was interested in, but fuck. Like, I don't want Rick Martell to win. I don't want Red Fucking Rooster to win. Mm -hmm. Interest just tanks. Yeah, really, at that point, I really zoned out. Your last two guys are Big John Stud and Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi. I had forgotten who wins this thing. I, I assumed it was Million Dollar Man because he bought number 30. That's how he was the number 30 entry, and he paid for I it. I remembered that Big John Stud from a promo package that they showed in, I think it was the 2000 or 2001 Royal Rumble, where uh, Cactus Jack fought Triple H. And then they went down a, a like the list. stats. The stats, they, they and like I remember that, seeing yeah. the footage of Big John Stud. Spoiler alert. He's your winner. Big yeah. John Stud wins it. Speaking of which, one of my favorite Royal Rumbles is that one with Cactus Jack and Triple H as the main event. Yeah, Royal Rumble 2000. Very cool. May Young's titties. Mm -hmm. May Young's titties. Mm -hmm. And an awesome table match between Jeff Hardy and some guy and the Dudley Boys. <laughs> and Dudley see, Boys. The you, Dudley Boys and the Hardy Bros. You get to see May Young's sweet old titties in there. <laughs> Good day. Good, good day for the race. Good day. Good day for the race, huh? The human race.
And then to to close things out, you have Big John Stud then beating the living shit out of Virgil. Well, Virgil stepped into the ring and tried to start some business. Right. And he could have beat him up a little bit, but he kept beating him up. Yeah, Big John Stud just did not sell at that point. He was like, huh? And he just started. He kept throwing him off the ropes and clotheslining him and slamming him and then throw him off the ropes again. And it's like, throw him out of the damn ring. My mm-hmm. God. And then an immediate cut to the locker room where the real action's happening. You had Macho Man talking about he was sorry and he forgave Hulk Hogan for what had happened. And it looks like they're in a bathroom with Macho Man sweating in his trunks, Miss Elizabeth in a nice dress, and Mean Gene well, wearing mean, a tuxedo. Remember when Mean Gene was like, well, Miss Elizabeth, Miss, Miss, Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth, he had a lot of trouble saying Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> Miss Elizabeth, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Like, how is it going to be as the manager of these two people that could be fighting? These during, two powers that are two, mega. That are about mega. He goes in for the microphone and she's like, yeah, it'll be difficult, but I think we... And then Macho Man just swooped in and took over again. Mm-hmm. She seems like a really sweet lady. Yeah. I can't believe Hulk Hogan put his balls in her. You know, that's unsubstantiated. I... <laughs> I... Ugh. You know what? I gotta I, be careful with what I say more often. We should have teased this at the beginning of the show, but we have something to close out this Royal Rumble Get Strict episode. We have not a super pose down. How are you gonna see that? How you, do it. How, you, how you listeners gonna see that? What, us put it on our YouTube page and do that? Oil ourselves up and have a super pose down? Steve is fucking terrified. (laughs) I've never seen Scott that way before. I do that regularly for myself, but I don't know if I'm ready to share that with people. We are having a super throat down. Not between Steve and myself. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're, I mean, we went to the premier, premier orators, the premier singers, the yeah. premier songbirds of the wrestling universe. Frequent guests of the show, Jeff Hardy and John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. They are going to have a super throwdown. And you're going, what's that going to be? That's a singing competition, y'all. That is a singing competition. That is a singing competition for you listeners, a special treat. The two finest singers in all of wrestling. We got them here today. Jeff Hardy, John Laurinaitis. Please come in, gentlemen. Gentlemen, please come in. Jeff Hardy, please, uh, so everybody recognizes your voice. Jeff Hardy, if you could speak first hey, now. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Good. To, thanks for having me. About ready to blow everybody's minds with some sweet tunes. We're looking forward to it. We're so excited. And Mr. Laurinaitis, if you could please step up to the microphone and let everyone know your sweet singing voice. <coughs> Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking to finally showcase my talents in competition form. Uh, quick aside from before we get to the singing portion of this uh, competition, mm-hmm. uh, I was wondering, Mr. Laurinaitis, uh, where were you in 1989? Weren't you, wouldn't you have been in the wrestling community right there at WWF? I was in Japan. Ah. I was in Japan being a, being a dude. No, oh, one of the dynamic dudes. One of the dynamic dudes. Rarely do we get to see six, five... 15-year-old boys. And you know what was interesting? Hmm. You know, an interesting thing. While I was in Japan and cut my promos as they were, people would come up to me and say, you know, you should be a singer. And i go, oh, yeah, maybe someday. And I wasn't taking it seriously at all. Well, with that, Mr. Laurinaitis, are you, you won the coin toss backstage. Would you be toss? willing to go first? I would be willing to go first. I will first sing. Uh, I, I know the, the rules are we sing songs of our choice. So I'll be singing. A song of my choice, a personal favorite of mine, Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Opening opening song. I that was impressive. Very impressive. That was impressive. Uh, now, Jeff Hardy, are you prepared to go second? Hey, Jeff, yeah. Do you have a song prepared? Yeah, man. I have an original composition for you guys today. Oh. It is called Moonlight Energies, Crystal of the Sun. Oh, very exciting. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Moonlight, moonlight, moonlight energies, crystal of the sun, crystal of the sun, moonlight. Moonlight, go to find your light, moonlight, love you baby, all the time, crystal of the sun, sun. Wow, that was exceptional, that was exceptional. Thank you, thank you, man. And, I mean... Yeah, Will that be I did. Coming out soon. Yeah, just uh, it, it needs a little bit more mixing, I think. But I, yeah, I'm ready oh, for. I it. don't know how much more mixing you can do for a song like that. I mean, this is incredible. I I think we should go to our. Uh, should we go to our judges? Yeah, I think we should go to our judges and see. Okay, we've got Jack Swagger. We have uh, Edge. Edge is and, in the booth, and we have uh, Luke Harper. I had Luke Harper, so we're just gonna go to the in studio judges. Uh, Luke Harper, uh, uh, out of uh, John Laurinaitis and Jeff Hardy, uh, we'll see if we'll just give us a. Word of affirmation for both. Uh, John Laurinaitis? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that five or four, Scott? Uh, that was four. That was four. And uh, Jeff Hardy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, yeah. was that five? That was also four. Oh, it was also four. Okay. Uh, and then we'll also just go to Edge in the booth. Yeah, Edge. I found John Laurinaitis' work to be unassuming, yet haunting. <laughs> uh-huh. And Jeff Hardy's an old pal, so I also would like to say that I found his music to be quite uplifting. Hmm. All right, so haunting versus uplifting. I'm taking the last word that he said for each one. So haunting versus uplifting. I, I assume uplifting is the is the uh, more positive word. So and like Jack seems to be stunned into silence. He's just like, his mouth is agape, but I'm sure he's got something to say. You are gaseous. Uh, Jack, are you... I'm... I'm I was emotionally struck. You seem completely moved, Jack. Yeah, it just sometimes causes for uh, reevaluations in one's life when you just see live music like this. Live music does often have an effect. I see you're also crying too. You're well, crying for my crying. Yes, you're. But if you start crying, I'm gonna start crying. Um, hold on, hold on, suck it back in. Just suck it back in. Uh, yeah, you know, I for that round, I'm. I think I'll, I'll have to go with a. Uh, with um. With Jeff Hardy. Okay, so uh, Jack Swagger says Jeff Hardy. What's the final vote then? We have four yes for John Laurinaitis, four yes for Jeff Hardy. We have a... What was uplifting? Haunting and moving from... Oh, it was haunting and moving. Haunting and moving for John Laurinaitis, yet it was... No, it was uplifting for... Well, we can't check the tape on this. We already used up our one tape check. Yeah, we've already done our one tape. You know tape. what? Uh, sorry, by, t by default then, by what we have to remember, uh, Jeff Hardy wins that round. Oh, okay. Jeff Hardy wins that round. Yeah. How many rounds are there? There's three. Okay. Three rounds. <laughs> three rounds. <laughs> it's a super it's a super throwdown, Steve. <laughs> okay, of, of course. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Jeff Hardy, would you like to uh, begin this round, or would you like to uh, pass it to uh, John? No, no, man, I'll take, I'll take this round. Okay. I'll, I'll take this round. Okay. This one's a little bit more in-depth, so I just want you to open yourself up to it, all right? Okay, okay. Uh, what, what's this uh, piece called? This one is called uh, Snake-Faced Energy. <laughs> okay. 
a tribute to your brother and your father no man it was about a snake that has its own face energy (laughs) kind of something that you can release inside yourself you know the chinese people mind jade and a lot of people find that it has a cooling energy i also find it to be the snake stone okay well i just i know you had mentioned grapes and your brother matt hardy loves grapes and you also (laughs) said my father so (laughs) hey man it's not all about wrestling all right all right (laughs) just I just, you know, sometimes I get excited when I think I know lyrics to a song and what they mean. But again, hey, you know, it's really important to remember uh, when you're happy, you like the music. When you're sad, you understand the lyrics. Well, I guess I'm happy then because I didn't understand the lyrics. I thought I did. Scott, I'm happy, too, because this is round two and John Laurinaitis is now up on deck. All right. You put the uh, paint on my face. Thank you for that. Yeah, I thought we would both wear our face paint during Jeff Hardy's set. So. Yeah, I know. I just I thought you were high five me, but you just smeared paint across my face. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, the, when I put my hand up and you put your hand up, and then I deftly avoided your hand to rub paint on your face. I didn't expect it. So, all right, uh, Mr. Laurinaitis, you are up, please. Uh, yes. All right. Well, in honor of the uh, 1989 Royal Rumble, I will be singing Ravishing Rick Rude's theme song. Okay. Laurinaitis, I think that's really... Excuse me, excuse me. I, I, I'm going to let you finish in just a second, Steve Sears. But it's Edge right now, and mm-hmm. I have something to say. No, Edge, Edge has something to Mr. say. Mr. Laurinaitis, I think this point goes to you. Wow. Wow, Edge, the rated R superstars just declared that point going... I mean, do we have... Uh, Luke, Luke, do, do yeah, you Luke, agree Ed, with Luke, do you agree with Edge's uh, declaration? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, and Jack, Jack, how do you feel? Does that point to Lauren Ice? Uh, well, I'll, I, I don't want to look. Edge and I are good friends, so I, I'll just agree with Edge because I think he's, I think he's a super fella. So I'll, I'll agree with that. Oh, so you will disagree. With I that? agree with that. Okay. Oh well, sorry, Jeff. It looks like this point goes to Mr. Lauren Ice. Hey, man, that's all right. Well, all right. Well, we we have the third round in. Um, this is the final round of the singing uh, showdown. Yeah, the throat down. The throat super throat down. Super throat down. Super throat down. So, um, gentlemen, who who wants it? Raise your hand. You're both raising your You're hand. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. How about this? Both put your hands down. Okay. And raise your hand. You guys raise it at the same time. All right. Look, uh, Mr. Laurinaitis, how about you go first? Yeah, Mr. Laurinaitis, please go first. Well, to close this out, to close the competition, and to win the uh, final point, and to be the champion of the Super Throatdown, I will be singing China's theme song. Okay, uh, which one? Chi- China's theme song. But the... Uh, well, uh, please, I'll find sorry, out. Yeah, I'll coming. find out. Of it's, course, uh, sir. It's of course. forthcoming. <clears throat> Don't treat me like a woman! 
Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like you know me. Treat me for just who I am. Oh, don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like you know me. Treat me like I'm a woman with a vagina. Treat me like a woman. I don't have testicles. I treated Triple H. Didn't turn out so good. I hate Stephanie McMahon. She is fucking good. I'm gonna punch her in her face once I'm done with reality TV. I don't. Hey, well, uh, that song, the China theme song, originally made famous by Meredith Brooks of uh, the 90s fame. I don't remember the C word being in there. What C word? Cunt. <laughs> really? Yeah, he sang it. Meredith Brooks was quite a singer-songwriter, Scott. I think she knew what she was doing. Well, that's the lady from Family Ties, right? No, Meredith Brooks was the singer who sang China's theme song. Singer who sung China's theme song? Oh. She's a singer who song wrote China's theme song. Oh, all right. Well, I, I'm so excited to hear what Jeff has uh, for, for the final song. <clears throat> what is this one called? What? What is this uh, piece called? What? Is this called what? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> every, 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 Wow. Wow. If I'm not mistaken, I think I've heard you practicing that song when you're put on hold when we're going to interview you. Hey, you know what, man? Music is a process, and it's like you got to exercise that muscle and get that, 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 that piece out, out into the world. Right, 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 yeah, right, man. That's, that's, that, was, that was fantastic. Hey, um, thanks. Just do what I can. Uh, well, let's go to the judges. Uh, let's go to Jack Swagger first and uh, see who he has to vote for. Yeah, Jack, what is, what's your verdict? Well, uh, it's a tough one, guys, but, um, you know, I've always been a huge fan of China, and if I wasn't with my wife currently, you know, I, I'd be uh, spanking that ass just like X-Pac. So I'm uh, going to go with John Laurinaitis. All right, that's a point for John Laurinaitis. Um I think uh, let's now go to Edge. We'll go to Edge. edge yeah, let's find out, what... Edge. What do you got, gentlemen? This has been an incredible competition, mm -hmm. and I'd like to say that I'm really enjoying it. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. I also appreciate getting to be outside of the audio booth. <laughs> I'd like to say also that I... all right, Edge. Thank you very yeah. much. Just pick just... your who's your guy. Yeah, and here's your ice cream cone. Oh, thank you. I really enjoy ice cream since I've retired. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Jeff Hardy, and I'm going to share this ice cream cone with him. Oh. All right. Uh, All right. Well, Ooh, uh, it's pretty tight. So We're one and one, and one and one in the voting, Scott. So here, let's uh, let's break the vote here with uh, Luke Harper. By who, do you, who do you choose? Yeah. Who do you vote for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's um, it's neither one. That's yeah, a, Luke. Who did you choose? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he voted the same. I, you know, you can't fault him for that. It's is it a split? Was I, it? I, th I think that's a tie. I think. Do we, we have, have a tie? A, we have a tie. This super throwdown has become the first ever tie and the first ever super throwdown. Yeah, there's a tie in our super throwdown. Gentlemen, congratulations! You're both winners. Uh, hey, man! Awesome! Congratulations, hey, hey, Lord Niners! Congratulations, yeah, 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 yeah
Hey guys, is it alright if I'm still out of the audio booth or do you still mean me in the tech? Get back in the booth, Edge. Are you sure? Leave your ice cream cone in here. Don't get ice cream in the booth. I'm not done with that ice cream yet. Yeah, but the judging is over. You've got ice cream for judging and the judging is over. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Luke, stay out of this. <laughs> Luke, stay out of this. I don't appreciate your friend staring at me and saying yes all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, don't start a rumble in here right now. Do not start a rumble in here right now. I will spear you hard. Who, who are you talking to right now? Who are you going to spear? I was you not. You your balls out of Elizabeth right I now. Was not, I was not talking to you, Mr. Savage. No, I have the power I was not talking to you, Mr. Savage. Ben Lines. Get in there. Put your balls in there. Swagger. Guys, Alrighty, guys, up. guys, just they're fighting. calm down. Guys, calm down. Every, okay, right, they're fighting. Uh, okay, look, just take it. We gotta wrap it up. They're fighting right now. Uh, All right. Look, everybody, for curtain jerks, uh, this has been the Royal Rumble 1989 Gets Jerked episode. This is Pandemonium here. We've had the first Ow, ever. Ow, you're on my foot. You're on my foot. Super throat down. Ow, you're on my foot. Oh, God. So we gotta wrap this up for curtain jerks. I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ow! Receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>